Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan, and together we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, I gotta say, I'm excited about this one, Jamie, because you are going to teach me the basics about something I know nothing about, and that is going bird watching, specifically bald eagle spotting in Southern Oregon. Yeah, Jim, this is an area, a region that is known for bald eagles on top of raptors and waterfowl and all other kinds of birds. And one of the best areas to do that at this time of year anyway is the Klamath Basin, which is on the border between Southern Oregon and Northern California, which has become really well known among birders, especially those in search of bald eagles. Jamie, if I read your previous reporting on this subject correctly, there is literally no better place in the lower 48 to see bald eagles. That's right, Jim. Every winter, the Klamath Basin hosts the largest concentration of bald eagles in the continental U.S. Alaska has larger concentrations in some areas, but when you're talking about the lower 48, this is the spot to see it. The birds usually hang around between late November and early March, but if you want to see the largest numbers there together, you're going to want to show up in January and February. Um, so, you know, this, this might be a little late, uh, sort of the tail end of the season right now as this podcast comes out. For folks who want sort of a last minute winter adventure, it's a great time to do it right now. Other folks, um, throw it in your calendar and consider making it a winter road trip maybe next year or in, in future years. So, Jim, that means you still have a little bit of time if you want to go scope out the scene and check it out for yourself. I like that. But before we go there, Jamie, I have a lot of questions. You know, where exactly to go, what to bring with you, what time of day is best uh, to actually see these eagles. Um, but first, uh, Paint a picture for me. Uh, what does it look, feel, sound like in the Klamath Basin this time of year? Yeah, Jim. Well, this is, like I said, an area right on the Oregon and California border. So this is kind of, you know, between mountain ranges. Um, you can see some some towering snow-covered peaks off in the distance. Mount Shasta is out there. Um, you know, it's pretty flat. You're kind of in this, this wetland areas. And if you go at the right time of year, it might be covered in ice. And as you're driving the gravel roads through the refuge up on the gnarled trees and on signposts, you'll see not just bald eagles, but also uh, falcons. And you'll see hawks perched up there looking to basically get a meal. This is, this is an area where uh, a lot of waterfowl will like to stay for the winter time. And, you know, as they're getting ready to leave and, and as their numbers are still pretty high, a lot of the raptors will come out there to feast on them before moving on for the rest of the year. So it's a really cool area to see those raptors as they're gathered. You know, it's a congregation truly out there in this beautiful area, frozen wetlands with mountains beyond. It's, it's really just a gorgeous spot to be. Whether you see any bald eagles or not, honestly, it's just a really, really pretty spot. 
So, Jamie, for the uninitiated, define the Klamath Basin a little bit. Is this just around Klamath Falls, or is this a bigger region of sorts? Yeah, this is the area south of Klamath Falls. Um, kind of as you're you're going into the kind of the Great Basin area, I guess you can kind of call it sort of the northwestern tip of the larger Great Basin, which covers sort of the um, the Intermountain West, the south the southwest area of the U.S. And so this is kind of once you're getting into some of the lower lying lands, um, you know, it's, it's kind of out of the Cascade Mountains for the most part. Um, and it, it has, um, the Siskiyou Mountains are on one side, uh, but it, it's a larger area too that includes areas like Tula Lake, um, which is nearby, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And there's also the, you know, the upper Klamath Basin section. So it's kind of this, this larger area of wetlands. Um, they're just outside of those mountain ranges. How many eagles are we talking here? Are we talking, you got to go around and kind of, all right, well, I saw like one or two today. That was a success. We talking dozens. We talking hundreds. I mean, what, what should folks expect uh, in terms of just numbers here? Yeah. Expectations are a little hard, but if you sure. go at the right time of year, I would say that um, dozens is is not a stretch. Uh, I've been down there twice for this. The, the first time I saw, I mean, bald eagles were literally lined up on the road, um, in, you know, groups of 10 or 12 or so. Uh, the second time I went, I saw, so I saw fewer than that, but there were still, you know, three or four up in a tree at one time, um, you know, flying around. I saw this great golden eagle perched on, um, this piece of, you know, metal out there. A really beautiful sight. So, I mean, I'd say if you go at the right time, you will definitely see many, many bald eagles and other eagles and other raptors out there all at once. And, you know, Jamie, I, I think you're referencing a photo that I had kind of, you know, set aside as the photo that you took from your trip to the Klamath Basin, which is this golden eagle photo extremely striking. I'm sure we can link to it in the notes for the show here. But it's interesting to me that this is not just kind of a spot where bald eagles congregate. You've got hawks, golden eagles, you know, several species hanging out down there makes for both kind of an interesting ecosystem and also interesting possibility for folks simply looking to see these birds or capture them in photographs. Yeah. You know, if you're a photographer and you have a nice long lens, it's a great way to get some beautiful pictures. If you're not, bring along your binoculars. You know, you can just hang in your car and just drive down these roads. It's kind of set up for that, you know, to sort of stay in your car and and drive down these these gravel roads that run through the refuge. And what you'll see is when people see an eagle or another bird perched nearby, they'll kind of pull their car off to the side of the road and just stop and let it idle and, and either they'll take pictures or they'll look through the binoculars or just look through the naked eye. Um, and you can get pretty close to the birds without spooking them. Um, I find that being in the car is a little bit easier than trying to approach them on foot. I've learned the hard way that trying to walk up to bald eagles <laughs> is not uh, a successful way to do it. But even just in my car, I mean, I've pulled up and just, you know, right next to, I think it was a red-tailed hawk on a sign just right out the car window. And it just, I mean, it, it looked, gave me some side eye, but it was right there. Um, these birds are not always super shy um, and they will let you get pretty close to them before they get spooked off and fly away. 
man, that's the story for the day. Side eye from a red tail hawk. <laughs> you know, your job is an interesting one, but that kind of takes the cake in terms of a, a bizarre workplace story. You know, hey, mom, uh, you know, today at work, I, uh, you know, I got a little side eye from a red tail hawk. Um, anyway, to navigate away from that. So you talked a little bit here about, um, you know, you're able to get fairly close to these birds. And one of, the, one of the constant themes that we talk about here on the show is being a good steward of the area that you're visiting. So whether that's the forest, leave no trace, whether that's a, a busy campground, being mindful of your neighbors. Um, how do you be respectful of these birds in their natural habitat here? You know, I think it's pretty easy, right? I mean, don't mess with them. Um, don't feed them. I mean, you don't need to feed any of these birds. They're out there. Um, there's plenty to eat. You know, don't hassle them. Obviously, don't shoot at them or throw things at them. Uh, you know, don't leave anything in the area like trash that may be damaging to them. You know, really just trying to respect their space and respect their autonomy. That's all it takes. It doesn't have to be super complicated. You know, just go out there, have a look. Um, you know, offer respect and, you know, take off and leave them be. That's, I think, really all it comes down to. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, same message as always. Be a good steward of the place um, mm -hmm. and move about with intention, if you will. Um, so two specific questions for you, Jamie, for anyone who is looking to plan a trip, you know, kind of a last minute trip to go check out the Eagles kind of in uh, their peak, if you will, right now in terms of numbers, where exactly should you set your GPS for? Or maybe not specifically, but wh where should you be generally shooting for? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a few ways to do this. The way that I I did my trip this last time, um, I, I got a, you know, a rental in Klamath Falls. So that's kind of the closest big city to this area. Um, and it's, it's a pretty quick drive away. I want to say it's only 30 minutes or so from the refuge. So you can sort of make Klamath Falls your headquarters. And, you know, first thing in the morning, you want to get down there. Um, I think that's a pretty good time for it. The Eagle's usually there right at dawn. So what I did was I just woke up a little bit before sunrise, um, got in my car and drove down. And the lower Klamath refuge is kind of the spot to be. So uh, from Klamath Falls, if you head down US 97, as soon as you cross the border into California, you hang a left onto Highway 161, which kind of uh, runs along the border there. And pretty immediately, you'll see some signs pointing you to the lower Klamath Refuge. And once you're in there, uh, it's kind of a maze of gravel roads. And it, it's easy to get kind of lost in there, but it's not so big that it's it going to be an issue. So once you're in that refuge, I like to just kind of drive around, wander, you know, and just look, you know, look out for, for eagles there. If you have someone with you in the car who can be looking with binoculars, I'm sure that helps. Uh, but it's just a kind of a nice opportunity to just wander around and see what you can see in there. And of course, like I said, Jim, it's such a beautiful area that, you know, no matter what you see bird wise, you're going to get some beautiful scenery there regardless, especially if you're there at sunrise. And one of the things I, I appreciate about planning a trip around this or featuring this activity in a, a, a larger trip to the region is you don't need to pack a whole lot extra and you can do most of this from your car. So you referenced you're not out on foot uh, really trying to approach these birds. 
you're not bringing along a ton of different things unless you want to take photos or maybe see the birds up close. You can do this from your vehicle with only what you have on hand or a simple set of binoculars. That's right. You know, you sit there real close to your cup of coffee, get your, you know, your jacket or your sweater on and uh, enjoy it from your car. I think it's a great way to do it um, and a cozy way to do it. I've tried to walk around those trails and it's it's nice. There's some nice places to walk around inside the refuge. Last time I was out there, boy, it was it was cold. It was extremely cold. And, you know, you know, I I found that I was just happy to be in my car and getting the good pictures I could of those eagles while I was there. A cozy trip, Jamie. We haven't offered a lot of cozy alternatives <laughs> this time of year. You know, maybe we need to double back on that and and find some cozy trips. We're often talking about going outdoors, you know, doing things that maybe you need to bundle up a little bit. But, you know, to be able to to enjoy, you know, the splendor of this scenery and and these amazing animals from, you know, the driver's seat or passenger seat of your parked car, not so bad. I love that, Jim. I think a cozy, cozy trip is just what a lot of us need right now. And hey, you know, if you can have some bald eagles there with you, that's a bonus. Well, Jamie, we are actually going to talk with one of our colleagues who knows all about bird watching, specifically taking photos of birds and bald eagles in particular, right after a short break. All right, folks, we are back talking about bird watching and specifically scoping for bald eagles here in Oregon. And to talk a little bit more about that here in the second part of the show, we have with us Mark Graves, a photographer for the Oregonian and Oregon Live, who happens to be, uh, dare I say, a noted bald eagle enthusiast. Mark, how are you, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on. So, Mark, if uh, any of your Instagram followers are out there listening to the show today, they would be familiar with your photos of bald eagles from, is it your family's uh, kind of vacation house out on the coast? Or, or where are you shooting a lot of these photos of the bald eagles? Um, it's on the Long Beach Peninsula. And, um, well, I can find these bald eagles almost consistently about halfway up the, the peninsula towards Ocean Park. One thing that makes it easy is that you can drive on that beach. Yeah. So, you know, and then if you just, you know, you kind of have your eagle eye going and you can just kind of drive down the beach and you can spot them from pretty far away. And the numbers are growing rapidly in recent years and the eagles are getting more, I don't know, people friendly. So, yeah, Mark, it seems like in my experiences out there in um, or down there in the Lower Klamath Reserve, I've found that approaching eagles in your car seems to be easier than trying to approach them on foot. And I don't know if that's something about just like the car is, seemed, is seen as less of a, of a threat by the eagles or something. But what's been your experience in that regard and, and staying in your car and driving close as opposed to trying to walk up to them? They might be more used to cars than they are to humans. You know, and then the other big factor is the age of the eagle. So if you got like a juvenile or like an eagle that's in like around two and a half years old, the odds of you getting close to it are far better. And that goes for shooting all birds. I found like a juvenile bald heron once out of Savi Island and it let me get like, I walked right up to it. I was standing right in front of it. I was like three feet away. The older they get, the more kind of nervous they get. So 
there's a lot of variables between the age of the bird, how many birds are with it. So if you have like five bald eagles, they're going to be more, they're going to be more confident. They're going to be less afraid of you than if there's just one bald eagle. Well, what do you recommend for people who like, say, you know, if, if, if they like taking pictures, they, they want to go get some photos of bald eagle. What do you recommend? What do people need to have with them? What are some steps they should take? Um, how should they go about trying to get, you know, some closer photos of them? I'd say you're going to want to go where the eagles feed and towards large bodies of water. Um, it depends where you're at. I mean, minimum, you need a 300 millimeter. Eagles fly pretty slow unless they're dive bombing. So you don't have to have your shutter that high, which is nice. That allows you to keep your ISO low, which allows you to be able to crop and have like a richer shot when you're doing your editing, if that makes sense. And for the uninitiated here, the numbers we're describing at 200, 300, 400, 600, as that number gets bigger, that is uh, the farther away you can get a picture of something. Mark, you talked about, you know, taking photos of eagles on the coast. Also, you will go out all the time and get great photos of birds out at Savvy Island here in the Portland area. Um, any tips or tricks for the uh, photographer who's interested in maybe capturing some wildlife uh, kind of close to the city there? Yeah, I would say go out like December, December through January. There's one spot that I go to. I think it's called Northwest... Uh, Rentenar Road, R-E-N-T-E-N-A-A-R, and it's it's where the hunters go to shoot birds, and it's also a great place to get pictures of birds. There's there's some strange irony in that, but it's a gravel road you can go all the way to the end, and um, it's on like the far northern east side of the island, and I've seen you know lots of raptors out there. That's that's a good spot to kind of explore. And then pretty much anywhere on the Columbia River, you know, between here and Astoria, there's going to be tons of bald eagles and raptors. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, when they're hungry, when there's food available for them, that's when you're going to find them flocking together and coming a little bit closer. Uh, Mark, of course, you know, you spend, it seems like a lot of time around eagles. What is it about them that captures your imagination that, that draws you to them? I don't know. I don't, I don't see them as more interesting than like a sandhill crane, for example, you know, I just know where they are and I know where to find them. And so that makes it easier to take the photo. I'm actually kind of a lazy photographer. You know, I, I know where to go and I can just drive to this spot and I'll get some sweet photos of eagles. You know, if it was the same for sandhill cranes or snow geese, I would do the same thing. Um, eagles specifically, I mean, you know, those talons are just incredible. The wingspan's incredible. Um, the fact that they're they're the boss and they're they're hyper bossy around other birds. You know, that's always fun to watch. You know, they're pushing around crows, pushing around seagulls, all the other scavengers out there. Nobody can compete with them. But you know, in the long run, they are just scavengers. It's, it's really hard to get a photo of an eagle capturing something alive. That's the one thing I've never been able to do. Oh, boy. Yeah, I, I've seen a couple of photos that other photographers have gotten of, you know, eagles with a, you know, a fish in their talons or something like that. Uh, but it seems like it's a pretty rare experience. Most of the time when I've, I've been out there in Southern Oregon, they're always just, 
you know, pecking away at, at some carcass in the ground or out there on the ice. It seems like, yeah, like you said, they're, they're scavengers. So, um, you know, if they're feeding on waterfowl or whatever's around that, that's, uh, it seems to be, that's mostly what you're going to get pictures of. Mark, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, come on the show today. Really appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Well, Jamie, all this talk is making me want to go to the office and I don't know about you, but like pick up a long camera lens for next time I'm out at the coast or somewhere where I can actually get some photos of my own of these bald eagles. Yeah. I mean, like Mark said, all birds are really fun to take pictures of um, and worthy in their own right. The bald eagles, to me, there's just something really special about it. Like Mark said, they're the, the alpha predators out there. Um, they're the bosses. And, you know, to, to see that power in that bird, whether it's a bald eagle or a golden eagle um, or any of these other big raptors, it's just such a cool experience, I think, and and worth checking out if you have the opportunity. Very much so. Well, Jamie, I think we should probably leave it at that. But until next time, folks... You can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details, of course, at OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show was produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Elliot Noose. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.